One, two, three, four, I'm testing. Yo, 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 what's cracking, my people? Peace to you all. Welcome to yet another episode of ADQ's Renaissance. I'm your host with the most, keeping it 100 from coast to coast. Through God, I boast. ADQ. It is Saturday, August. The August the uh, rah, 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 29th. Saturday, August 29th, 2020. Virgo season is in full effect. It is a special episode. We got a powerhouse episode. Like I always say, we got a powerhouse episode. Here's how it's going to be a powerhouse episode. We are going to be chopping up with a young lady by the name of Jessica Terry. She... How, 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 how does she... This young lady exists in the ADQ universe. I'm going to tell you how she exists in the ADQ universe. She's going to be portraying the role of Rachel in my up in the upcoming stage reading of my play, Aprenda Español. So we're going to chop it up with her. We're going to learn about some of her theatrical experience. Um, she's, she's, she's originally from Argentina, so this is going to be a very cool conversation. But before we go any further, before we go any further, I would like to say rest in peace, rest in power to Chadwick Boltzmann. Brother uh, passed away from because of colon cancer. Colon cancer took him out. For those of you who don't know who Chadwick Boltzmann is, well, for one thing, he's been living up on a rock. There gone. But um, a lot of us know him from Black Panther. A lot of us know him from for Black Panther. But he's done a lot more than that. Um, he uh, got a degree in theater from Howard University. So you know Howard. He's a he's a North he's a Carolinian like I am um, from Anderson, South Carolina. Same place that same city and town same city same town that was you know. Um, Populate, uh, made popular by the movie Radio. Um, well, Chadwick Boseman went to that same school, T.L. Williams High School. Um, that radio, that uh, radio went with uh, uh, James James Kennedy. I think that's, I think that was his name. Anyway, yeah, man. Um, Chadwick Boseman, you know, had a heck of a, a speech. For a, a commencement speech, no um, speech for the Howard graduates, share some of the stories, man. I could relate. It's like, yo, when I found out that a Jackie Robinson biography was going to be produced, I was like, heck yes, finally. So, who is it going to be playing Jackie Robinson? I see the movie 42. I don't know who Chadwick Boseman was at the time. I'm going to find out prior to that. He was in the Express. He was in Draft Day. Um, he was in All My Children. So, you know, he got some miles on him. He got some miles on him. Um, but I did not know anything about Chadwick Boseman. But I did know about Harrison Ford. I mean, us 90s kids, you know, Indiana Jones, right? did a wonderful job. I was, you know, he captured the spirit of Jackie Robinson. 
So, you know, all of us who have seen Jamie Foxx and Ray and loved it, we wondered, when is James Brown going to get a biography, right? And it's revealed. Get on up. Who's playing James Brown? How in the world do you get to play Jackie Robinson and James Brown, right? Chadwick Boseman did it. Killed it. He completely captured the soul and the look of James Brown. Now, yeah, the movie was whitewashed, but his performance was impeccable. I wonder if there's a scene in the movie where they're performing Get on the Good Foot. I love that song. And so you're playing, so first you play the first ever black man to sign a Major League Baseball contract. You play the Godfather of Soul. Now you're playing first ever black Supreme uh, Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall. Right? And then you take and then you take all of that. He did he did he did movies I think uh of Guys and Kings. Uh no I'm sorry I'm behind y'all. But then Black Panther man Black Panther was a shining moment in the culture. Chadwick Boseman will forever, forever, for playing these four iconic roles, will forever be a beacon in the culture. He played the king, daggone, that man is a king. And I am sad to see his life end at the tender age of 43. I mean, yo, I'll be 35 on Tuesday. I say for you, I jokingly say that, you know, I'm 35, I'm getting old, 40, 40s is old, no, man, 43 is so young, man, definitely too young to be, definitely too young to bounce, I still gotta see the, the five bloods, and man, my, my range black bottom is gonna be dope, I know it is, but, yeah, man, on cancer and the crazy thing is he was filming in between surgeries and, and chemotherapy I tell you man Chadwick Boseman went out like a soldier he went out like a soldier I know we'll miss you King we will miss you very much um this is just one of the deaths that we hate to see. Well, you hate to see any death. Well, I don't know. I saw a KKK member die. You know, I'm I'm not gonna feel all that sorrowful. But I usually open up with a scripture. Um, one the scripture that comes to mind is Revelation three and eight, where it says. Where it says, I know the things you do. I have opened up a door for you that no man can close. And you look at uh, Chadwick Boseman's story. You know, meeting Muhammad Ali during some of his most stressful days in Howard. Having Denzel Washington pay for him to go to Oxford University. He basically took... See, people say that the Black Panther is the first black superhero or the first black Marvel superhero. That's wrong. Blade is. Blade is. 
Wesley Snipes has that title. Wesley Snipes fought for years to get Black Panther made. But Chadwick Boseman walked up into the Black Panther role and made history. He walked right into that door. So, Mr. Luther King may rest in power. So, oh yeah, and I will say, I will say, there is a generation of black actors following Chadwick Boseman. We are following you, King. We have seen the example that you have made. We have seen the example that you have set. And we are following your greatness. We are following your footsteps, sir. 100%. So, let's get into this interview, this talk, this com- this comment. This comment, this uh, conversation with Miss Jessica Terry is going to be a dope, dope, dope conversation. Y'all keep it locked. This ADQ's Renaissance. Yo, 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 my people, welcome back to ADQ's Renaissance. I'm your host with the most of the world from coast to coast through God of both ADQ. Now, my people, allow me to introduce you to our, to our next guest. This young lady is an Argentinian actress, director, and writer with a Bachelor's in Fine Arts and Dramatic Arts from, Unider- from Universidad del Salvador and the musical theater degree from get ready for it get ready for it get ready for it the american musical and dramatic academy any actor any theatrical performer worth their salt aspires to have something to do with that joint so she has worked with notable directors such as diane Tiesla. i really hope i pronounced that right here eduardo 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 dib virginia podesta uh, Axel Tang. Uh, please, I uh, hope these people forgive me for mispronouncing their names. Keith Andrews, Dennis Kelly Higgins, and Isabel Junco. Some of her credits in Argentina and the USA include Estieres de Una Noche, La Chica del Cristi, uh, Cristantemo Blanco, It's a Woman's Thing, The Story of Friendship, Rapinha. Uh, cuatro uh, obras, uh, obras cortas. Thank you, Jessica, pronounce it for me. <laughs> cuatro obras cortas de amor y desesperación. Gracias. On the spot, building a musical, the Kentucky tragedy. Circumstances may vary. Histiora. Now, a fu- oh, a funny thing happened on the way through the forest. Mia más, mia más, mia más. Mujer uh, es. And Código Pirata y el Cofre de la Princesa. <sighs> she is nominated for the ATI Awards for her performance in It's a Woman Thing, Story of Friendship. Yo, I want to say before I formally introduce this young lady, uh, the reason why I passed across is because 
she is going to be portraying the role of Rachel Coldigan in the stage reading of my play, Aprenda Espanol. Hopefully, she'll be in be Rachel Coldigan in the uh, uh, in the theater version when COVID is over. I saw some films there gone. She's cast as someone's mama, but look. <laughs> She's someone's daughter. She's singing her heart out and stuff. This lady is this young lady is talented. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to ADQ's Q's Brilliant House. Miss Jessica Terry. Jessica, what's up? Hi, Adrian. How are you? I'm, I'm so bl- excited to be here. Very glad to have you. Very glad to have you. Dang. You done a lot, yo. Yes, luckily. I'm lucky. I'm a lucky person. I'm saying, yo, I've been doing theater consistently since 2008, but I think you got me beat. <laughs> so, so uh, from what I read about your, so from what I read about your biography, you first started out doing theater in um, in in um, in Argentina, but then the, but then started doing theater in the United States, correct? Correct. So, at what age did you? Um, come over here to America and what led you to making that making that transition? I came here to New York when I was 27 years old. Oh, when you were 27? Yeah. So that was just five years ago, right? Five years ago. That's right. So what led you to making that transition? Um, I always wanted to pursue something in musical theater. Uh, I was always kind of in love with musical theater. And um, the American Music and Dramatic Academy actually holds auditions in Argentina. So I got a scholarship and I found my chance to come here to become a better performer and to live this experience. And then I fell in love with the city. It's kind of hard not to. <laughs> I agree. And now I'm here. <laughs> I agree. I was, in, I was in New York a few years ago and um, when I stepped off the plane and walked through Manhattan, I was like, NYC. Yeah. How beautiful are you? Very beautiful city. So it's what part of you at? Right now I'm in Harlem. Harlem? That's the sub- Okay. Hello, I lost you. Yeah, see, uh, Jessica, you don't look it, but you're AIDS baby, just like I am. So um, you will agree with how some slab straight up uh, uh, irritating things to be, right? Yes. Make you want to roll for I agree, a hundred percent. See, the technology is great when it works. <laughs> so, yo. Deep. So let's do a deep dive because I know I know what led to going into theater, but did you going into theater? Sorry, I'm not listening to you properly. Okay. Can you repeat where the question? Did, where did your theatrical path begin? Like, what what made you want to get on stage? I actually fell in love with theater when I was a super young person. 
I went to a school in Argentina that theater is pretty important uh, in that school. We always do, since it's a bilingual school, we always do musical theater shows during primary school, high school, and even kindergarten for kind like to use the language in a different way. So I remember I was in second grade primary school. I was seven years old. Um, we were doing My Fair Lady. And I remember stepping on that stage, doing nothing in particular because we were kind of like the, the ensemble uh, and we were just like little kids. But the joy I felt was so weird and so fulfilling that I just, yeah, I fell in love with it. And then after that, I just wanted to do it. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the same thing that happened to me when I was seven. You got that little taste of theater and you didn't want to stop eating it, right? Yes, exactly. So how have you been handling theater with COVID going on? Uh, it's hard. I miss it a lot because I know we still like try to do these readings and things online, just like not to stop doing it um, because people need it. I think people need the arts uh, in a way. Uh, but for me, that's not theater. Like that's why not. That's not what I, why I fell in love with theater. Um, I just miss like the energy of the audience and the cast in the same place, the stage. Uh, but it's a hard time. But we need to push through it. So I've been writing a lot, trying to stay active, trying to stay positive, um, and trying to do readings and all that stuff just to remember how it feels uh, but yeah it's been hard so so you say you've been writing like uh what have you written uh, i write a uh, place uh, and i had a couple of things on my mind and since i work a lot i haven't had the time like to put them on paper so i started kind of doing that right and and so when you do when you do write, what what kind of like uh, what kind of like style do you write with? Like what what like generally comes across your mind to do the story that you uh, come across your mind to do? Um, for me, writing is kind of an escape. Uh, I'm not the kind of person. I mean, I consider myself a writer because I do write a lot. But it's not like those people that just write, that they write every day and then something uh, moves them to write a different story or to use something that they had. So I usually use it when I'm not feeling that well as an escape. And that's uh, the moment when stories like come up. So I use it like a healing place, I guess. You know, this COVID has brought out my writer slash director slash producer side more more effectively. Uh, prior to COVID, I was writing on the side but acting mostly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it's like once COVID hit in the theater and the theaters were closed, it's like I couldn't pick out my pen. 
Um, do you have any, do you have any work like on the verge of completion? Sorry. I asked, uh, do you have do you like have any work there on the verge of completion? I can't hear what you're saying. Uh, I'm not breaking up or being choppy, am I? No, no, y your voice is breaking up on my end. That's why. Okay, sorry about that. I can hear I you better it. now. Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, I said, do you have any work that are on the verge of completion? Um, I'm finishing a one-woman show that I'm writing. Um, but I still haven't decided if I want it to be like a theater piece or maybe a short film. I I have like several ideas, but I don't. I haven't decided what I want to do yet. Um, and one that I finished, which is in Spanish, I'm starting rehearsing it for maybe to do like a Zoom performance, like an online performance, and then when everything like comes back to normal, uh, be able to do it in a theater. Okay, so yo, let's do a couple. Let's back up a little bit. You went to AMDA. Like I said in like I said in the introduction, any writer, any actor who enjoys this art looks at AMDA and has goals in my own thing. Mm-hmm. You actually been there. What was it like there? For me, I loved the experience. I learned more than I thought I would. Um It was hard, uh, but the thing is that I get, since it was like a conservatory program, I think everyone gets as much as they want to get out of the program. Like I came here from another country, I came here to study and I came here like focus on learning about this thing. So I was like studying and working hard and giving it my best effort. Uh, But some people were like younger and maybe they were just trying to figure out what they wanted to do in their lives. So for me, it was amazing. Like the professors were amazing, but I kind of made my own path through the career. If that makes sense. It does. Like some, some uh, college students go to, go to college and everything they do afterwards depends heavily on what has a trajectory that the college helped them get on, right? Yeah, I think for me it was like, it helped me that I've already been to college. Uh, so I already knew like how the, the, like how you needed to study, how much effort you needed to put on things. A lot of people were transitioning from schools, from high school to there. And I think that's a really hard age. And that's a really hard transition when you're young. So I think that was it. Maybe. So you were basically past college age when you went up when you went to Amber, right? Yeah. And again, I say your age may be like I am, but you don't look it. <laughs> you look like You like you were born in 2000 something. <laughs> I know. I get that a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, have them. I have them. 
I mean, black don't crack, but apparently brown don't frown either. <laughs> now, let's talk about the theater scene in Argentina because check this out. Last week during the inaugural episode of my new radio uh, joint, um, ADC Stage Door, mm-hmm. which I would cordially invite you to be on there because for a theater geek, you should come through one day. I would love to. But I was talking to this young lady by the name of Harla Fagalansen. She's Argentinian. She's a friend of mine, actually. Small world. (laughs) Small world. (laughs) Um, but yeah, shout out to her. So, so hold on. Did y'all did y'all like uh, did y'all like know each other in Argentina, or did y'all like meet up in America? Be like. I'm from Argentina. I'm from Argentina. Hey! <laughs> no, no. We went to AMDA together. Y'all did what? We went to AMDA together. Oh, dang. Okay. We so, met so, both of y'all are from Argentina. Um, y'all are y'all in New York City right now. Still in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> your quote-unquote stage daughter in my play Louisa, she talked heavily uh, when I had her on about um, audition for Argentina State. So I think it's safe to say that theater is a big daggone deal in Argentina, correct? What is it called? Hmm? I missed the last part you said. What is it called? I said it's safe. I said I will assume that it's safe to say that theater is a very big deal in Argentina, correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. So talk about theater culture in Argentina, please. Oh, it's a lot different than here. I mean, here in, um, I can see that in New York, you have mainly like Broadway, off-Broadway, and then it's like off, off, off-Broadway. Um, in Argentina, the uh, which would be off, off, off. <laughs> uh, like independent theater, it's pretty big in Argentina. It's really important and there's a really huge movement and there are lots of amazing, talented performers and directors and writers. Um, I feel here that they are missing that middle part of shows. And also in commercial theater, um, it's kind of different like we have really talented people there but it's kind of always the same people on stage we don't have as much as open auditions um, as there are here in New York and we don't have as many opportunities that you can find here I mean here of course you have more people and the competition is bigger but I think because the business is already so settled and they have this uh, like they have the money I think it's a, mainly a thing of money like they have the money to do these amazing huge open calls and see everyone and pay attention to everyone so they can find new talent um, in Argentina we are not there yet so basically it's always the same people which doesn't mean that those people are bad but it would be nice to see new faces once in a while so I'm going to put a challenge on you my challenge to you is to create something big here in, here in America 
something huge, like huge, 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 right? Something that'll become world renowned and take it back and take it back to Argentina and change the game there. I would love to do that. That is the challenge that I have for you. Because that's the challenge that I'm putting on myself for Africa. I'm not from Africa, but I am African. And I put that challenge on myself for Shelby, which is a small town in North Carolina where I'm from. Mm-hmm. I think every artist goes to their hometown, homeland, wherever they're from, to create something big and take it back there. Yeah. It would be so, amazing. It'll be amazing, and um, I think that you have the chance to do that. Cause, yo, I saw some of your clips. I saw some of your clips, yo. <laughs> Again, one second I'm looking at you play somebody's mother in my place, all calm and a little melancholy and motherly and stuff. Next second, though, I'm watching you sing your heart out, yo. <laughs> yeah, I like to sing also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> What's your go-to audition song? What is what? What is your go-to audition song? Um, I don't know. What songs do you like singing for an audition? Like, when you are being auditioned, the what songs do you like? The thing is that, like for me... In musical theater, like I really like and I enjoy watching it, um, but I need the the musicals that I would like to perform are the ones that have a really like heavy story behind them because I'm more of a play, straight play performer, and I like to direct musicals more than perform them. But I usually picked like contemporary musical theater songs. I'm not. Um, a huge fan of old-fashioned songs. I mean, I love to listen to them, but I uh, I don't like to sing, sing them that much. So, okay. I'm going to bring you in on the episode of 82 Stage Door, um, and you can tell the world what it's like directing the musical. But here on the Renaissance, you can do that right now. Because I haven't even directed musical. I think about directing musical. I think about late night, hair pulled out. This guy got to go to length and just, just, uh, flip, flip, flip at uh, the two at the two minute mark. All that stuff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can picture directing a musical to not be an easy task. Am I right, Jessica? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Please. What musical have you directed and what was it like? Uh, I directed a pretty big... I mean, it was big. It was it was in inside um, my school that I used to go in Argentina. Uh, but it's like... They are not like school plays. They do re- this really huge musical... Um, with the high school students and everyone it's like it's optional so it's outside from school and they rehearse like for 40 hours a week for six months and they put it together in like these amazing theaters and they are open to the community so they do like professional shows 
and I directed there. I actually made up a musical, the musical called On the Spot, building a musical. I picked songs from different well-known musicals and I wrote the scenes between them to put them together. And I made a script about bullying and about accepting everyone that's different. So, because I thought like the educational part of the show uh, needed to who were still working in a school. And I had a cast of 149 people and a crew of eight and I did it everything myself. <laughs> I ended up even like sewing costumes, making scenery. <laughs> it was amazing. So, uh, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, this ADQ talking to you. When you keep God's first, when you stay, when you stay on your P's and Q's, when you work really hard, you will write a piece of theater or whatever narrative, and you will attract juggernauts like this young lady. I'm like, wow. I mean, dang, Jeff, I knew you were like building the acting. I didn't know you had like that. <laughs> I hope. I try. I try. No, I'm going to give you your flowers, man. I'm going to give you your flowers. That is very, very admirable and very um, inspirational. Thank you. Like, once COVID is over, if we actually form a principle, so I want to put you in a position or something. <laughs> I would love to. I can't wait for this to be over and theaters to be open again. Uh, you only both. But dang, 149 people ain't sewn all the costumes yourself? It was crazy. And besides, it's not 149 adults. Having 149 teenagers from 13 to 17 years old, it's it's hard. And you don't <laughs> I love them, but wrinkle. it's hard. <laughs> and you don't have not a one wrinkle or gray hair in sight? <laughs> no, I don't. Let's see, when's your birthday? My birthday is May 14th. Oh, God, that, that explains everything. You're a Taurus. <laughs> I am. And I can tell, and I can tell some type of commonality between you, my ex-girlfriend, and other choruses I know. Y'all could be a bit bullheaded, bullheaded, in a way for you to be done. Yes, it's true. Can't nothing stop y'all from doing anything. Yeah, I actually like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I want to do something, I. I do everything in my power to do it. And I end up doing it. Sometimes it's not the good choice, but at least I tried. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. When, when, when the COVID is over and we get back in the theaters, I'm going to be like, okay, whenever I'm not in rehearsal or anything, y'all answer yes, yes, yes. <laughs> 
It would be a pleasure. Um, in fact, in fact, um, I will actually ask you this. Let's talk about Princess Espanol a little bit for a moment. Mm-hmm. Not get, not give away any spoilers, but you all can do all the spoilers you want to. November sixth, Zoom reading. Yeah, Princess Espanol. Anyway. Now, without giving too much away, when you read the script and said to yourself, wow, and you said to yourself, okay, why is this black dude writing this story he has so many Hispanics in it? What do you think? I thought uh, it's, the, it's the kind of place we need today. Like, we should be talking about that. I really feel like uh, being a, an artist, a writer, an actor, a singer, you pick it. Um, it's, it requires a huge responsibility because sometimes you are able to be like the voice of some people that cannot be heard uh, or are even afraid to speak. And I think it's our duty to put certain topics uh, out there for people to think about, for people to reconsider things, and for things to change. So I thought it's something that needs to be that needs to be done. And I thought it was a beautiful script. And how the story like evolves, and then at the end everything like. Uh, closes like perfectly I, I thought it was super smart you so you got all that from this uh from this southern black dude from Shelby, North Carolina writing this script that's what that's how you feel uh my people I would just like to tell y'all um I did not pay him that one penny to say in this that was a joke he's supposed to play Jessica hello Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm sorry. You sound like you faded away a little bit. But I'm having a lot of trouble uh, hearing you. I'm back. Uh, I wasn't there you up. go. <laughs> anyway, I was saying, what I was saying is, I was saying I did not pay you not one penny to say any of that. You didn't what? I said I didn't pay you any money to say all them kind no, things. No, of course. Of course you didn't pay me anything. <laughs> <clears throat> but I appreciate that. See, what uh, led me to writing that, I know I've probably told, told you a bunch of times already, but what led me to writing it was a number of things. Number one, seeing Spanglish. You seen the movie Spanglish? Mhm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like Adam Sandler is the headline actor in it, but it's not an Adam Sandler movie by no stretch. Also, yeah. also, um, Selena a little bit, but also seeing like also learning about the film uh me familia you know me familiar with that also has edward james olomos and jennifer lopez yes so 
is putting all that together a Romeo and Juliet type story and yeah I just all I just wanted to get that Spanish flavor in that because you wanna know something crazy uh you wanna know something crazy uh Jessica yeah um I've worked in 38 plays right I've been I've acted in 38 plays wow. but I think I've only I think I've worked with Hispanic people. Um, I worked with uh, dang, I forgot what she is. Uh, forgot what she is. Um, uh, but she, I know she's Latina. Uh, mm-hmm. worked with uh, a Latina young lady and a Venezuela uh, young man. Um, in three separate plays. Yeah. Three times. You know what I'm saying. Three times of thirty-eight. Yeah, three times out of thirty-eight. Now, 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 had it been up to me, it would have been a lot more than that. But that's why I had to go on all of those Facebook groups looking for uh, Latin, Latino, or Latina uh, actors because there's not a lot to choose from around here. Mm-hmm. Well, you have a lot now. <laughs> yes, I do. In fact, one girl, one girl who is actually Native American, German, about 5% Hispanic. She oh, she said, I'll do it. You don't know why I said that? What? I said, hell I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but you know, there's too many Hispanic actors out here who's like a hundred percent or ninety percent. For me, it'd be having you play a little five percent. No. Mhm. I understand. And one thing I knew I didn't want to do was, you know, be one of these people culturally appropriating. You know what I'm saying? Mhm. That's why I that's why I approached this project with the most respect that I possibly can. So let's talk about these clips that you sent me. What plays are these? What plays do I what? The clips that you sent me. Um uh, in those clips I had things of uh, I think one was actually a lot of pieces of It's a Woman thing. Right. Um, like a lot of that show only. Uh, that show, we, I brought it. We performed it in the Summerfest 2019. Um, it was a really good show. Uh, great cast, great team. It was pretty amazing. And then the other clip I sent you, I think it was a combination of scenes from a um, film, uh, like a seminar I did, where we performed like different scripts that the director gave us, and then he built the reel with that. Right, right. And then the songs you heard were from uh, a funny thing happened from a, on our way through the forest. 
that was the musical showcase we did uh, when I ended AMDA at the graduation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was it. I think that those were there. Because so, I didn't send you the one in Spanish, right? No. Uh, yeah, most of the things, most of the things from both clips were, uh, e, e, were e, espanol. Eh, and, yeah, the one in Spanish probably had La Chica del Crisantemo Blanco, which is actually a show I, eh, it's a script I wrote, we opened, we premiered here in New York last year, then we took it to Argentina, actually. Um, and this year we were going to be part of a festival called The Dos here in New York, but it was post postponed for COVID, so we don't know when it's going to be now. Darn you, Kobe! Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um... Yo hablo muy poquito español. Sí. But from what but from what I heard and what I saw, yo, bravo to you. Man, I know how to pick some really good actors. Now, outside now outside of theater, think about Jessica the person. Like, yes. what do you think fun? Like, what do you think your day doing in New York? What I do here, besides theater, yeah, um, I'm a very passionate educator. Also, so I'm a teacher. I love to teach. She but did. now, again, COVID happened, <laughs> and I, I'm getting used to all these online things. I'm not very good with a computer. Maybe because of my age, I don't know. I don't like like technology that much. It's so bad that I'm saying that. <laughs> You're 32. Yes. You're 32. <laughs> I know. Talking about your age. You're 32. <laughs> yeah, but maybe like you know what I'm saying. I'm not saying I'm old. I'm just saying like when I was, uh, I actually was here when it, this whole thing of computers were starting when I was a kid, and it wasn't common to have a computer in your house. Uh, so I'm like I'm not a fan of uh, doing all this all these things online. I really need to have the people in front of me. Um, but yeah, I'm a teacher. I'm a runner. I love to run. So I've been running a lot because of this COVID, just to keep the stress away. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, nothing, nothing else. I like to read a lot. I'm like. That's what, what I do. Uh, I like novels a lot. Um, I've been reading some Spanish uh, authors that I really liked. Um, and what else? I started doing origami because of COVID, just to calm myself down. <laughs> it lasted for about two months, and then I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's it. I talked a lot with my family. That's what Jessica does. You know, I'm I'm mad at you. Because <laughs> I've, 
Because I didn't know you when I was in New York, and you seemed like a really dope individual to hang out with. <laughs> so, and I'll be like, yo, Jess, what up? I'm in New York. <laughs> well, when you're you here, of course, we are going to see each other. Oh, yeah. God, I think no. that's amazing that because of COVID, like, Uh, I've been because of all these like online auditions now because everything is online maybe I'm doing actually a show with some people from California um, and you can actually get to know people from all over the place and I think it would be awesome when all this is done to actually meet this, these persons in person you know like hang out and get together but I think it's pretty cool that maybe you can do a show with people that are absolutely in different cities and states uh, and you can still work together. I think that's pretty amazing. I agree because, yo, you're in Harlem right now. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, let me tell you, let me tell you this. See, this podcast, ADQ's Renaissance, is modeled after the Harlem Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And you're in Harlem right now. Yeah. So, that's crazy. But yeah. that's where I think COVID was actually a little bit of a blessing in disguise because, yeah, I'm communicating with people in New York and Mexico and Atlanta and Arizona and stuff. So COVID has been able to stretch my network. Yeah. Yeah, it helped me to do that too. I think that's like something positive that we... We can take out of all of this. Yeah, and plus now I have, now I have, let's see, five friends in New York for the next time I go to New York. That's good. Yeah, three of them I had before COVID, but now I got, but now I got two more, you and Carla. Yeah. Well, actually, no, 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 my bad, three, because Orlando's in New York also. Oh, it's true. Orlando's actually in Florida, but Orlando the person's in New York. Mm -hmm. For those who are wondering who the world Orlando is, he's playing Oscar Kodigan, her nephew. So, um, so Jessica, what does the future hold for you? Uh, right now, I'm, um, well, I will be at the reading of Aprender Español, November 6th. Um, I'm doing a show called Dulce Desesperación uh, we, uh, next week, September 9th, also online. Uh, we are doing another show called Tia Malvina, which is from an Argentinian uh, writer um, called Florencia Rolli, and we are directed by Andres López Alicea. Uh, we're doing it September 12th and 13th online also with uh, Latea Theater. So that's pretty much what I have going on, which is a lot. And I'm super thankful, especially in these times. You and me both. You and me both. Uh, I, I, I feel like it's important to remain busy in some in some way during the many times or else you lose your mind because being because being quarantined you know it, it's not good mm -hmm. and having been under this whole COVID thing over the next 
over the past five months. I'm waiting for it to be over. Yeah. We all are. Now, I got a question for you. Yes. With every episode, I ask, I ask um, Ari what their favorite mu- what their favorite music is because I like to feature a lot of music. So, what type of music would you recommend? I love Argentinian rock, but I love rock in general. Like Aerosmith is my favorite band ever. Aerosmith. Yeah. Walk this way, rock this way. Well, uh, heck. Only only Aerosmith joint I know is the joint they did with Run DMC. But you say Aerosmith? Yeah, Aerosmith. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so Argentina rock Aerosmith. Anyone else? Uh, yeah, I like a lot of things. I like the Beatles. I like Queen. Um. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Alanis Morissette uh, from Argentina. I love Charlie Garcia, Fito Paez, uh, Fabiana Cantillo. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty open with music. I love music in general. Well, I love but, music. Earlier today, I was telling a friend about how relaxing it is to drive down the road. Blasting, <laughs> blasting classical music. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, this, I'm pretty sure this happens in New York. You ever hear people riding down the block, blasting rap music? You're like, bum, bum. yeah. So, what I'm going to do is one day drive down the hood, drive to drive down the hood, blasting classical music or jazz music. And everyone will look up because they will be like, this is new. Like, this is kind of actually nice. Oh, yeah. See, people people, people misconstrue classical music. It is very relaxed. Yes. Jazz, you know, I think that if you want to take the relaxation of uh, classical music and kind of like the, the music, the beat, the bass lines of hip hop, Jazz is a great uh is a great combination of both. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um so let's see. I'm sorry, I'm having a 35 year old moment. I'm not even 35 yet. <laughs> it's okay. Oh yo, how oh yeah, I got a question. I got a question. Um you have been Hispanic. You have been Hispanic for thirty-two years, so you yes. can, so you can like inform me on something. September is Hispanic Heritage Month, right? September what? September is Hispanic Heritage Month, right? I think it is. It's different, like for Argentina, than actually for. Uh, Central America. Uh, okay, well, dang, you learn something every day. All right, so yo, do it for 
But it starts, like... yeah, it starts uh, September 15 and ends October 15. The National Hispanic Heritage Month. See, I've been walking around here all these years saying, yo, I'm black, but I got his first name. I was born during the Heritage Month. But I wasn't really, was it? <laughs> it starts. Yeah. It starts in 15 days. Yeah, well, my birthday is in two days. So, <laughs> so just if somebody wanted to hit you up and tell you how wonderful you sing or collaborate with you or listen uh, your directorial services, how can someone get in contact with you? Hey guys, you can find me on Facebook as Jessica Terry. Jessica is only with one S. Uh, a lot of people get get it wrong. <laughs> uh, I also have an Instagram at J T E R R Y A, and you can check my website www.jessicaterry.com. Is there a reason why there's only one S in your name? Because every other Jessica I've ever known in my entire life, there's two S's. So, what's up with the one S? I have no idea. I always, like, thought about Jessica only with one S because that's how my name is written. But then I met all these other people with double S's in their names. <laughs> But it's not a story there. It's just with one S. <laughs> so, you know what? Keep it like that. It's unique. I like it. <laughs> Keep it like that. I hereby prohibit. I hereby. I hereby forbid you from ever changing anything about your name. Yeah, no, I'm not changing it. I'm keeping it. Well, you haven't changed it in 32 years, so I imagine it, you you won't change it now. <laughs> no, so, yo, no. anybody who is listening to this, they hear Jessica's incredible story. If you want to, if you want to, um, if you want to hit me up. My email is agq4christ at gmail.com. My Instagram is dihchocolateguy85. Um, my, uh, let's see, what I'm saying? My Twitter is avenue8q underscore 85. And my uh, Facebook, my whole government name, Adrian Dion Quarles, A-D-R-I-A-N-D-I-O-N-Q-U-A-R-L-E-S. Please don't call CIA on me. Um, Jessica. Adrian, it was so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I just want to tell you real quick, real quick. That yeah. challenge that I put on you, it's real. That's your challenge. Create something, okay. Andrew Lloyd Webber level, Lynn Manuel Miranda level, something huge and astronomical, and take it back to Argentina and uh, take the walls with it. Big names, challenge accepted. That's my challenge for you. <laughs> and oh yeah, oh yeah, that's what I need you to do. You write that, write a role for a black dude in it and put me in. I will. But yo, it was great talking to you, Jessica. I will see, I will see you Friday for rehearsal. <laughs> yes, I will. Thank you so much for this. Have a good night. Thank you. You have a good night too. Bye bye. Bye.